Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Sober 300th episode. I'm like dancing around here. I'm so excited. 300 episodes. Who would have ever thought? So we're sponsored today by Soberlink. And as we all know, addiction is a serious issue that needs to be addressed. Nearly 15 million people in the U.S. have alcohol use disorder, and that's alcohol only, not drugs. And this can be attributed to the stigma that surrounds addiction and that people just don't want to talk about it. So just like Soberlink, Busy Living Sober is here because we want to change the stigma associated with addiction. Soberlink strives to erase its stigma and their remote monitoring tool has helped over 500,000 people to be more accountable in their sobriety. Their voluntary system encourages connection and honesty, which helps rebuild trust and maintain sobriety. I've teamed up with Soberlink to create the resource guides tip for busy living sober for those in recovery. Visit www.soberlink slash BLS for busy living sober and download the resource guide. And if you or someone you know can benefit from accountability for alcohol recovery, go there, get it. And you can get a $50 promo code. So go check out Soberlink. They've got this great monitoring tool. And thanks Soberlink for sponsoring us. And so here we are, episode 300, five years and five months later from when I started doing this thing, this crazy podcast, here we are five years later. And it's crazy because I think about it and I'm like, God, my life has changed. Five years ago, I was not married. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Five years and five months ago, I was not married. Um, I knew JF, but I was not married to him. Um, I had five years ago, I had, I had one child still at home. I did not have anybody in college. Um, no, I had two in college. What am I talking about? I had two in college and one at home. And, um, and my sobriety is something that I still have to work on to this day. So here we are, five years, five months, 13 episodes later. And I'm here to tell you that, you know, my sobriety is still at the forefront of my life. I know that if I am not working my sobriety to this day, that I will have nothing. Um, I don't care who I'm married to, who I'm, what anything's going on in my exterior life. If I'm not getting my medicine, which is recovery, then I'm not okay. Okay. Because I have crazy thinking, right? We have crazy thinking. My thinking's skewed. Right. And, um, I wrote this the other night when I was, um, I was been, I've been really thinking about what I want to talk about and what has transpired in 300 episodes. And I actually tried to listen to myself on the first episode when I did my introduction and I had this, oh my gosh, this was so funny, but, um, I just laughed myself. And um, I think about all the guests I've had on and all the people that have been on and all the people in my life that I had at that time. I've, you know, people have passed away, unfortunately, that I've known. Um, the country's a totally different place than it was five years ago. Um, everything's changed, but there's some things that are so basic and fundamental. And, um, you know, I wrote down these... Um, 300 episodes, I wrote, wowza, wowza. I have not um, given up, you know, I have not given this up. I have not stopped doing Busy Living Sober, even though I wanted to. During the pandemic, it was hard. 
um, I said to myself at one time that I was only going to do 300 episodes. I was going to do 300 episodes and that was going to be what done. I'm done doing them. And um, I realize now 300 in that uh, I, I'm in it to win it. I believe that I have a message that is helping people. And for that, I'm going to keep going. So um, this isn't the end of me. This is just the beginning. So, um, and I think, oh my gosh, I started doing this because I had a marketing firm that said, you should really do a podcast. And I was like, I don't even know what a podcast is. And I didn't know what a podcast was. And now they're like that rage, right? And um, I don't have a marketing firm. I keep considering wanting to get a marketing firm. I am now considering getting back on social media, but I'm not going to be doing it to voyeur in other people's lives, but to just give people content. Um, so I am embarking on that. I am, I've decided that I think that the better way to get people to know that I'm out there and that there is, that you don't have to do this alone. It's by being on social media as much as I don't want to be. Um, I thank God every day for my sobriety. And I thank God for the giving me the tenacity to keep going and doing this. Right. I really am grateful for that. And, um, busy living sober, you know, when I first did this and when I first coined the phrase sober, not ashamed, um, that was my first tagline that I did was sober, not ashamed. And the reason I did that was because there was so much shame in being an addict, right? There was so much shame in being an alcoholic. So I was like, I'm going to coin the phrase sober, not ashamed. And then I won't have any shame. But the reality was, I've said many times, I still had the shame, but then I was getting in everybody's faces and going, oh my gosh, I have no shame. I'm sober. I'm not ashamed. Even though on the inside, I was ashamed in some ways, so much so that I wanted to like throw it in your face. That's the kind of person I am. I'm like, I'm going to throw it in your face and then, um, and then, you know, deal later. And it has been, um, it has been a ride. I've met interesting people along the way and I've helped a lot of people along the way. And I've talked to many people that I never would have talked to before from all over the world. We went through a pandemic with busy living sober. Isn't that crazy? Um, it has been, you know, it has been, it's been something in my life that has made me, you know, it's taken courage, which is something that I didn't know I had any of. But it's taking courage to go through and say, I'm going to keep doing this. I don't know how many listeners I have ever. Um, I don't know how many followers I have ever. But um, I know that when I hear from people and you guys write to me, my listeners, my you guys that are like my rock, thank you. Um, it means the world to me because I don't go and look at those numbers. But um, maybe I should. Maybe I should hire somebody and maybe I should do a PR firm. Maybe I should do all that stuff and make it. I don't know. We'll see. I'm putting that out there in the universe because I just want to. And um, uh, it's been, um, it has been, you know, sobriety is such a, um, it's such a big part of a lot of people's lives these days. I've realized that since COVID, there have been more people, you know, more people are getting sober, I feel like recently. And I'm finding that on Zoom, it has been such a 
pivotal part of, you know, the, the pandemic. I'm just getting over COVID and my daughter Hadley has COVID too. And so I wasn't going to meetings. And so I've been going back on Zoom and I did start a meeting during Zoom and, um, but I needed something a little bit different than that because I've been doing that again for two and a half years. I wanted something different. So I go to this meeting. There's one meeting that I go to that's called Boozers and Bathrobes. And it's in, um, it's based in New Mexico and it's a great meeting. There's like 160 people at that meeting. Sometimes I haven't been on a Saturday yet. I bet there's a lot more then, but, um, I see all these people that have gotten sober just by going to zoom. And I think that that is amazing is, um, you know, I made some other notes that said, you know, um, sobriety is learning to live without having the ability to run. We have to face things, but always remember that feelings are constantly changing. So I want to go into this a little bit more in that, um, you know, learning to live without the having the ability to run. You know, I, um, I've mentioned this many times on the podcast, but I, not that I was a physical runner because I'm not a physical runner, but I emotionally run. And when you emotionally run um, and you don't, feel, you don't feel then too, right? You don't feel if you're emotionally running constantly and you don't actually sit and take notice of what your feelings are and what's transpiring within you at the moment if you're constantly running. For me, alcohol was the best thing because I didn't have to feel, right? I did not want to feel. And um, feelings are always changing, right? So feelings don't stay the same. Nothing stays the same ever in anybody's lives. Everything's changing. Everything is changing. Thoughts change, people change, weather changes, everything changes. And as much as we know that intellectually in our heads, right? We know in our heads that everything is constantly going to change. We still want to hold on with all of our might so that things don't change. We want to hold on so that everything stays the same because where it is right now, it feels safe. And when we're first getting sober, you know, I had no idea what most feelings were. I could tell you that um, I had no idea. I had no idea what I was. Um, I was scared majority of my life. So um, drinking was the perfect thing when you're scared because then you don't have to feel you're scared and then your balls to the wall. At least I am. So instead of being scared, then I just go running towards it. It's just like, you know, I was talking about with getting, you know, sober, not ashamed. It's like you run for it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put on this armor and I got this is how I felt. And um, it takes so much time and so much energy. And it's a lot of work to get past that feeling of like, oh my gosh, everything is going to change. Not everything is going to stay the same. People are going to change. The weather's going to change. I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I mean, I think about my life looking back in 53 years and it's like, I drank from 37, I mean, from, from 13 to 37. And then, um, I was married to somebody before getting sober at 37. I had three kids then. Um, and now I'm married to somebody else and I'm living in a place I never even would have thought I would have been in. And it's, again, it's change is everything. So being able to roll with the changes is like the best way we can 
deal with life, right? We can deal with life better if we can say, all right, I'm just going to roll with this. I'm just going to roll with this. It might not be what I thought it was going to look like. It might not be what I really wanted, but I'm going to go with it. I'm going to roll with it and I'm going to trust with it. And um, how do we let go of having those expectations? How do we let go of having things one way and expecting them the one way and they don't happen. How do we get to that place where we're like, you know what? I, I can't, I can't be so fixated in staying in everything being the way it is today. I have to let go. I have to let go. It is so hard to let go. I'm like, 300 episodes in, it's too hard to let go. I'm like, ah, I just, um, you know, we all want things to be a certain way. We want things to look a certain way. We want things to smell a certain way. We want things to behave a certain way. We want all these things, but at the same time, things are changing. The world is spinning on an axis all the time. Things are happening. Global warming's happening. Gas prices are going up. Food prices are going up. Everything's changing. And we expect that things should at least stay somewhat copacetic and somewhat the same, right? And when they don't, it feels completely uncomfortable. And when we feel uncomfortable, we want to mask that feeling. We want to pick up a drink so we don't have to feel uncomfortable. Uncomfortable and uncomfort and fear are are so crazy debilitating. You know, um, fear can we can go down rabbit holes that are like and go all the way down to the ground, and um, we can go to those places and feel like and really go to insanity. We can, at least I can. I can go and make a mountain out of molehill. I can literally take something that is nothing and make it into something that is humongous. And, um, and so the expectations that I have, I have to realize that I can't really have expectations. And you're like, wait a minute, I want to expect things from certain things. You want to expect things, but we're all fortunately or unfortunately, we all let everybody down. We'll let our, each other down. We let ourselves down. We let um, our loved ones down. And because of that, it's just like really taking life one day at a time. You know, that's what I believe. And um, how do we love no matter what? And how do we forgive? I have to tell you that I think forgiveness is a spiritual thing. I think it is sometimes very difficult to forgive ourselves. And especially in the beginning of our sobriety, when um, it's taken me a long time and there's t- sometimes that I feel like, oh my gosh, I totally forgive myself. I feel good. I feel, um, I feel like I, everything happened in my life the way it was supposed to happen. And every repercussion that's happened was supposed to happen. But knowing that that for self-forgiveness is going to take time and work is something I never realized. People talk about forgiveness like it's like, oh, you can forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And it's like, 
wait a minute, it's to really forgive someone is hard, hard work really to get to that place where you're like in your heart, you forgive yourself for the actions that you've done and then you forgive others. But I think those expectations and the forgiveness all go in tandem, right? So if I don't have an expectation, I don't have to forgive you. If I just can get to that place where I'm like, I'm not going to hold a resentment. I'm not going to hold a grudge. Then I can forgive. If I realize that everything happens in God's world, not by mistake, it's not a mistake. And that it happened for what it happened for. And the growth that comes from that was worth it. Then I can forgive, right? I can forgive myself. But it's taken a long, long time and a lot, a lot of work to get to this place where I, and I still have not, there's, you know, especially loved ones, you know, family members. It's very hard to forgive family members. It's very like, it's like ourselves and then our families, it's hard to forgive. And um, I know that, you know, the other thing is, is not only is it forgiveness, it's for, you know, do we forget? Do we ever forget and just finally say, I'm clear of this. And that's something that I'm really going to be working on for the next you know, for eternity, probably, you know, I signed up for a yoga meditation course. I told you guys I wanted to do it and I did it and I'm doing that in July, but I'm hoping that when I do that, that breathing and all that will help me get to this place where I can forgive and I can forget and I can get to a place of just literally living in the day and breathing in the moments instead of having all this, uh, you know, animosity built up inside of me and fear of other people and what other people think and not wanting to be around other people because they don't like me. And it's, uh, it's interesting because I think that if I like myself, that should be enough. But at the end of the day, a lot of us, especially coming into sobriety, don't really like ourselves. We're like, why did I do this? Why did I do that? How did I get to where I'm going? How did I get here? I never, oh, never thought I was going to start drinking and become an alcoholic. Nobody does. Nobody does, by the way. Nobody wants to be an alcoholic. But when we are, when we are an alcoholic and, um, and we have come gotten to that place where it is time to realize that we need to do something about it. It's difficult. And I know if you're out there and you're listening, I get it. It's really, really hard in the beginning. It's especially very hard to get used to this whole you're with, you know, you're not hanging out with the people you used to hang out with. You're not doing the things you used to do. You're not comfortable around the people that you think that you've been comfortable with your whole entire life. You know, all this stuff transpires again inside you. And you're just like, what the hell? How did I get here? It's like, we've gone through life with blinders on. And now we wake up and we say, all right, I'm stopped drinking. And now what happens? And now what happens is you get to figure out who you are. And that's hard. It's really, excuse me. It's, um, it's hard to figure out who we are and what makes us tick and how do we take care of ourselves without, you know, feeling like 
we're jeopardizing our spouse or our partner and, or our kids. And we're like, I've got to go do some stuff for me right now. And I got to get a step away from my family so I can take care of me because I'm not doing well. And it's a, it's a, it's all change. It's all change. So as I said earlier, it's like everything changes constantly. Things are changing. Things are changing and you're changing. And give yourself this time. It's, um, you're never going to be finished. At least I have never been finished. Um, life is not, is about the journey, not the destination. And when I say that, I mean, the journey is, is that you're going to be going through all different things for the first time, especially if you've gotten sober at, an, at, you know, when you're an adult, and um, if you've gotten sober and you're young, congratulations, you're lucky. But um, us that have been, you know, at least for me, I've been walking around the earth for 37 years, conducting myself in a certain way, being a mom, being a wife, being all these things. And then I changed the narrative. And when we change the narrative, it's, it, it's, it makes people go take a pause and go, what's up? with you what are you doing why are you doing this and now it's affecting me and I don't like what you're doing because it's affecting me but it's putting yourself in front of all that and not worrying about it and talking to whoever your spouse or partner or family member whoever it is that's that gets upset about things or who's your person that could be affected by the fact that you've gotten sober and um, really talking to them and I don't think that we talk to people anymore. I think that we, it's texting and it's Facebook and it's reels and it's little posts and that's not communicating. To communicate with somebody, you have to talk to them and you have to listen to them and you have to listen and you have to listen without wanting to give a response. You have to listen and when you're changing, having somebody to talk to is so important because it's going to feel very foreign and very uncomfortable. It just is. It feels uncomfortable to get to this place where you're like, you know what? I'm not drinking anymore. Even though I've been hanging out with people for so long in my life that all drink, I'm not doing it anymore. And we expect everybody to be well, I don't think anybody even cares. If people care that we quit, I think most of those people have a problem themselves. Sorry, I just do. But because um, people should be happy for you. My closest friends were all so happy for me when I got sober. They're like, oh my God, this is awesome. I'll do whatever I can to help you. And, um, you know, it's, um, it's owning this. And it is realizing that you, if you are quitting drinking, you're doing it for a reason because you want to take care of yourself. If that, at the end of the day, if that's just it, maybe you were told by the doctor, if you don't quit, you're going to get liver failure. I, you've gotten a bad diagnosis of the doctor, whatever reason you've decided to quit, it's taking that time now to really figure out what is important to you and who is important to you. And opening up, finding somebody to tell the truth to. I am um, a big um, chameleon in my heart. 
um, meaning that I am very good at being what you want me to be. I can be whatever you want me to be. And, um, and when I do that, that's not really great for me at the end of the day, because I'm not being authentic and I'm being what you want me to be rather than being who I want to be. And finding people that are like-minded is sometimes a challenge, but taking the time to do that as well. So, you know, in the beginning, you're going to be like, I, I know for me in the very beginning of getting sober, I, I, I still hung out with the people that drank a lot. It was just, those were my friends. So, um, I still hung out with them and it kind of got a little difficult in that I really did not want to hear the same story for the 47th time that they had already told me. I did not want to have little boring conversations about things that were nebulous like genes and um who's like gossip with the neighborhoods because I, I it I I don't need to do that and I didn't really want to do it anymore and so you know everything there changed and you know we all think the people stop wanting to hang out with us but we're the ones that really don't want to hang out with those people because the reality is what do we have in common nothing so finding people that like to do the same things you do and for me that i that's one of the big reasons i went to aa i'm not kidding that's why i joined the 12 step program is because i wanted to meet like minded people that also were sober and alcohol wasn't a part of their lives so I joined AA. I thought this is it. And, um, it has, it was, um, it's been a journey, you know, there too. <laughs> it's like, everything's a journey and, um, everything is, um, is, is about getting clearer with me. You know, um, I was just listening and one of I, I have to do homework before I do this course and um, I was watching a video that said that um, either we're striving constantly to be better people, or we might as well just sit in the corner and drink beer and die. I thought that's kind of apropos because I, I want more than just being buzzed for the rest of my life and being drunk. I wanted more than that. I wanted more conversations. I wanted to learn more. I wanted, to, I want to get my body so that it's like, you know, I want it to be healthy. I want to be healthy and I want to be free. And I want to be able to take these changes that come up and just roll with them. And I want to be able to be sleep at night. I want to be able to be, you know, the best me I can be. And I think when we're drinking a lot and we have the disease of alcoholism, you know, um, it's very, very, very difficult to, um, when we have the disease of alcoholism, finding those tools that work for us, take time. And, um, you know, today, especially it's been, it's, you know, a good friend of mine, I was talking to a dear friend of mine this week and we were talking about, um, and this is on a totally different subject, by the way, but it's, it's my 300th anniversary, 300th episode. And, um, I want to say that, um, I was talking to a friend of mine about fentanyl 
and how more drugs are coming over the border in the United States than ever have before. And supposedly, and I might be wrong, but I think the exact number was that there's enough fentanyl to kill every American here seven times over that's coming over our borders. And um, she was like, no way. And I was like, yes way. And um, she had had a friend that had, was an alcoholic and the woman had four small children and the woman's was beautiful, just beautiful. Like everybody here, like we all are, right? Just a beautiful mom with four beautiful children. And she was an alcoholic, right? And she wanted to get sober, but it was so hard. It's so hard, right? It's so hard. And it, that's why sometimes we relapse many times. Sometimes we don't relapse at all, but it's so hard to get sober. And, um, she ended up going and getting a, um, uh, I don't know if it's Ativan or what, um, oh my gosh, it's Xanax. I've never really taken Xanax, but Xanax or something. And she took it and it wasn't really Xanax. It was fentanyl and it killed her. And she left four little kids and a husband. And, um, my friend told me that today and it just broke my heart. So the reason I do busy living sober and, you know, the 300th episode is, you know, there's this disease out there in the universe that wants to kill us. It's a darkness and it is um, cunning and it is baffling and it is powerful. And we've got to get okay with ourselves inside of ourselves. It's not an outside job. It's an inside job. It's an inside job. So taking care of ourselves on the inside, how do we do that? How are you going to take time to realize that you are worth it? How are you going to realize that if you get around people that make you feel anxious and make you feel scared, you need to run from them and you need to find other people. And if that means you go home and watch Netflix, I don't care. And you will eventually find your tribe. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you, you know, take this time to realize what makes you tick. What do you like? What do you, what is your favorite hobby? What hobbies have you tried? What hobbies haven't you tried that you don't like? Maybe write down the hobbies that you don't want to do and then make a list of the hobbies that you do want to do and try those. But busy living sober is all about Getting busy living sober, getting busy loving you, getting busy realizing that your sobriety and getting sober is the most important thing. That needs to go first. And it doesn't matter if you have one year of sobriety or if you have 60 years of sobriety, you're constantly going to be working at it. It's just your thing because you are worth it. You would not stop exercising and eating bonbons one day because you said, all right, I got this. I can eat bonbons for the rest of my life. No, you're going to always work out, right? You're always going to work out. You're always going to watch what you're eating. You're going to do certain things. You're going to meditate. You're going to pray for whatever you pray for. But all of this stuff takes time and energy and getting busy living sober is what this is all about. You can do this. I'm here to cheer you on. I am here. I'm here to tell you that you can do this. Who would have thought that I would be here 300 episodes later telling you that you can do this? I know that it's hard at times, but it 
is worth it and you are worth it. You're worth it. Don't believe what anybody else says. You are worth it. Put what's important to you in front of anything else and figure this stuff out. Find somebody to talk to. Don't do this alone. You can always reach out to me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busylivingsober.com. And that's B-U-S-Y. And remember that you are not alone. You are not alone. I'm telling you, I'm a mom. I've done it. I've been divorced. I've done this divorce. I've done this before. I've done this with a little more money, with less money, the whole nine yards. And I just keep doing it. I keep doing it because things change all the time. But the only thing they can't change is the fact is I can't pick up a drink no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, I can't pick up a drink. So if you're out there, you relate or you know somebody that can relate, share this with them. Thank you for all of you that have been listening to me for 300 episodes. Um, I definitely don't think that I would be doing this if I didn't hear from you guys. So keep writing to me, please. And um, I'm going to jazz this up, I think, after 300. Who knows what 301 is going to look like, right? But if there's any topics you want me to talk about, please reach out. You can reach me at busy at busylivingsober.com or you can reach me at elizabeth at elizabethchance.com. You can go to elizabethchance.com and get me. You can go to Busy Living Sober and get me. You can go on iTunes. You can go on Spotify. You can go on YouTube. You can go to my website. Go do something. And, um, you know, remember, if you want any of that information about the Zoom meetings, let me know because I do go to them. I go normally at nine o'clock in the morning during the week. That's my jam. And um, I want you guys to know, again, thank you. I love you all. And um, keep getting busy living sober, guys. Okay? Please keep getting busy living sober. And I hope today helped you a little bit. Thanks so much. Take care, everybody. Bye.